What's going on, everybody? Welcome again to another episode of the Do Things Podcast. I am Todd. I'm your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. This episode, I've got an amazing interview with my buddy Mike Thorpe. Uh, he's a restaurant consultant. He is the master of Twitter and connections, and we talk about everything from the power of Twitter. We talk about customer service in restaurants because he's a restaurant consultant. We talk about the power of connections, uh, Teslas, and how he should get one because Elon Musk retweeted his tweet. Duh, that makes sense to everyone, right? We talk about Justin Timberlake, boy bands of the 90s. Limp Biscuit, Corn, Incubus, and finally his racy social media handle. But it's a good one. It's a long one. Strap in, get ready for some epic content, uh, and get motivated to do things. Also, we got new merch in the DT Apparel store, dtapparel.com. New shirts, new flat bill hats. Check it out. It's epic. Remember, podcast listeners, you get a 10% discount just for listening. Use podcast10 at checkout, and you're ready to go. All right. Without further ado, let's get into my interview with Mike Thorpe. Do things, people. I've enjoyed the last couple episodes too. Cool, yeah, so. it's gone pretty well. Had some pretty good guests. Uh, Ashley was good. Uh, who knew she was a basically a rocket scientist, man? I know how nuts is that. That's crazy. Like she said that, and I, I was like, no way. Wait a minute, you didn't just actually say that. Yeah, right. That was crazy. Yeah, that was nuts. Oh man. And then, do you know uh, Ryan Block, Philip Ryan Block? Nope. Okay. Anyways, I had I just interviewed him the other day. Um, he's a he has a music label. They just went nonprofit, kind of some okay. interesting stuff. So cool. He knows Summer. I think that's how I got that connection. Gotcha. That, I mean, besides besides Summer, man, you're like the master of connections. <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy it, dude. I do too. I think that's something that's so cool: meeting new people and really getting to know them. And I think like something that you're so cool, so good at, is just meeting people. Like your Twitter yeah. is unreal. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, it's just the way that it happens. I mean, honestly. Yeah. It's so just what, and what's really cool is you know Lawrence actually just posted something tonight because he's doing um uh, 365 days of gratitude, and oh, he's, yeah, yeah. he's shouting somebody out every day. And today he shouted me out, which was super cool, just because it's funny to look back and you know like Stevie Dub you know talked about too. He's like, oh you know Mike introduced me to these people and you know da 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 da, da. and I'm like I don't even think of it that way like for me it's not even a thing that happened anymore you know so it's kind of funny to go back and be like oh yeah i did introduce <laughs> lawrence like, <laughs> how did i how did i meet lawrence in the first place like i know yeah. i i know how i met stevie you know stuff like that but it's just kind of funny because after a while it just it doesn't matter like everyone's connected and and rolling yeah well and at some point like when it's when it's the twitter fam meme fest like it for <laughs> It doesn't matter. You're just smashing the like, and you're hoping that you remember who was in that feed because it gets crazy. Yeah, at a, at a certain point, it is just kind of like throw your hands up and. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just I, hope that my phone doesn't break because of all the vibration. There, there are times that the app just slows down so much that I'm just like, I can't even believe that this is happening right now. <laughs> I don't even. I honestly don't even have notifications on for Twitter anymore at all because yeah. I just can't like it's just yeah. unreal <laughs> well then you'd never your phone would keep buzzing every time you're in a meeting you're yeah. doing whatever it just would go nuts yeah yeah and that's so, not that's not helpful for anyone no I'll, uh, I'll have it there ready for when I when I can get to it <laughs> I was just trying to I, I talked to somebody this morning uh, what's his name Joel I forget his last name but I literally just we just connected yesterday in some sort of heat oh he's gonna start a podcast so he wanted to know what am i doing what how do i do it what's my setup yeah. and so i was talking through and we just got on a phone today and talked with him and he goes yeah so 
I don't know if it's summer. Somebody introduced him to Twitter fam, and he said he got overwhelmed, and he's not on Twitter much. And he's like, I didn't know what to do. I just kind of left my phone alone. And I said, so I tried to figure out how to how to explain that because it does it like it yeah. shows two three comments and then just pff, like it's a big like. And so what I was saying is like if you look at it from like an org chart situation where you've got like the main comment or the main post, and then you've got comment, comment, and then under those comments, there's other comments, and it branches out, yep. and that's where it starts to get, like, you, you sometimes you can't even trace it back to the top. Yeah, and, I mean, especially now that there's so many, this whole new group of people in there, too, and they have so many different topics, which is great. Some of the ones that get going, and people don't even realize they're in, and then they jump on, and it's like, it rebirths it. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy how that all happens, but the, was- the communication part on Twitter is pretty nuts. Oh yeah, it's great, and and I think that's what's kind of cool about it too. <laughs> the funny thing was in that conversation, if you go back far enough, you can see me tell, like, screenshotting and showing Summer how to mute it. <laughs> She's like, "Oh my gosh, I've needed this." So, <laughs> Change my life, thanks, Mike. Funny. But yeah, I mean, oh, there there are definitely gosh. times that it's necessary, and then there are times you go back to it and look through it, and you know, you look in your feed and you can still see it in your feed. But you just don't right. get alerted of every because I mean you I mean you just go through liking whatever you can, mm-hmm. and and so many people do that too. So you wake up and you've got oh I've got 250 <laughs> notifications and then 240 of them are likes. <laughs> yeah. So have you have you ever had somebody come back in like Mike? Why didn't you like my post? It was really good. Never, never had. Never. That. No. Okay. Cool. I've never I feel had bad sometimes. Like if I don't like one. Are they going to be like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you hanging out with us? Yeah, no, I've never, I've never had somebody call that out. Well, if you've never had it, then I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I mean, and, and there are things that, cause I mean, I'll still go through the feeds. I, I don't spend a lot of time on the timelines, um, but I'll go through them and every once in a while I'll catch something that, that I want to put out there or um you know if there's someone i've recently connected with or i like their stuff i'll turn on notifications for them so i know when mm-hmm. they put something out yeah so, so i'll go to that and i'll make sure to give that some love but and i'm never afraid if somebody asks me to go and you know give some love to something specific i have zero issue helping that out right the one the one thing that i have learned though is um to, to check some of their work <laughs> yes before you start posting about it yeah, yeah. I've gone, you know, I've had, I've had somebody ask me, oh, I need, I need some love on this, this video and I'll go in and I'll, I'll give it love. And then a few hours later, I'll go check it out and be like, uh, you could have done this a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Previewing like, is always kind of an important step. It, it wasn't that as great as I thought it would have been. Like I trusted the yeah. person and I know the, like, you oh, know what I mean? And it was just yeah, one of those yeah. things where it's like, it's, so yeah, it wasn't just somebody random, but. Like I just expected it to be at a different level and then, you know, kind of went back and I was like, Hey, like, here's some, here's some ideas. Like you could have done different <laughs> constructive <laughs> criticism. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's one of those things. And then somebody the other day had asked for some love on something else and I went and looked at it and like, I went and looked at their website to see their body of work learning from this. And I was like, Ooh, I don't, yeah. I don't really know how to. I don't really know how to say this. <laughs> so what do you say to that? What did you say? Well, luckily it was one of those situations where it was, it was a group chat. So there were a bunch of people oh, that this person gotcha. was asking for, for some love and some support on. So I didn't have to deal with it one-on-one, 
Uh, you didn't have to shoot him down. It wasn't a DM that you're like, well, here's the deal, actually. It, right, exactly. And, I mean, I don't have an issue giving people feedback. Um, sure. Most of the time, if it's at that level where someone's asking for love, there's been some type of relationship built already. Um, if people just come in looking for a cold ask or whatever, I'm, I pretty much just write it off. And well, So I think I think it's funny. I, those posts that we get on the comments on any post that was like hey your stuff is great you should be higher in your, the instagram feed or in twitter or whatever like that has to work on some level because otherwise they wouldn't I'm sure keep it doing does. it yeah i'm sure like, it does I, I just see those and i think really yeah like that that seems so like a waste of time but <laughs> it's got to work on some level somebody's right. got to be biting yeah um uh, but anyways well this is uh like we just started talking. Like we're just like <laughs> best old friends, man. Like this I know, is. Cool. I like it. I like it. I like it. I think this is a good good vibe for the show. Um, but I think so. I've heard your origin story. I know you're big on origin stories. Um, yeah, big I've time. heard I've heard a lot of your stuff. I love what you do. I love restaurants personally, just mm-hmm. like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, probably not just like you have a, <laughs> a next. You have a next level love for restaurants that I probably can't comprehend. <laughs> But I think I think it's kind of cool because that's what that's where I uh, really cut my teeth in the business world, quote unquote, mm-hmm. was waiting tables. Because I think if yep. if anybody made money through college, it's because we were working at a restaurant, right? Right, absolutely. And and that's something I think is huge, and especially for especially guys like you and I that are definitely people persons, people mm. people pe- person peoples, whatever. <laughs> we like people. Yeah. For guys like us, that kind of that kind of. Uh, job where you're literally interacting every minute with a person. Yep. If you're that kind of person, you just thrive on that. Correct. Um, and you said something about uh, making connections, which you're awesome at making connections anyways, uh, just based on what you do in the social world. I can't imagine what you're like in person in a restaurant yeah. situation. Yeah. But when you're dealing with clients and you're trying to teach that to them, how do you communicate to them you know what? You need to be better with your people skills. What do you do? Like, I'm guessing you come across that a lot in your consulting. Sure. Sure. And I think that at a certain level, there has to be a honesty too, and being able to look at, look at yourself and say, I'm not, I'm probably not the right person to go handle this situation. And maybe they have someone on their staff who is, maybe they have someone on their staff who is extremely personable they just have the ability to you know light up the room and make each person feel like they're the most important person in that room when there's 200 people in there or whatever it is so sometimes it's it's just recognizing that's not who i am and being okay with that i've had i've had people that i've put into management positions because they were great at their position they were great in so many different aspects but i've had to kind of take them out and most of the times they agreed with me once they dealt with angry people (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know and and a lot of times it comes down to people are so prideful like they don't Mm want to hear that there's negative feedback when in reality i mean you run a business and in a restaurant you know things aren't perfect things happen no and you know if you're not equipped or you're, you're overly emotional and handling those situations, it's very, very difficult. So I think walking people through that first step of, are you capable of doing this? Or do you need to have someone else on your staff who is more of that 
more of that person who can handle those types of situations. Another thing is having having people go back to what their their reason is for the restaurant. You know, why, oh, yeah. why why did you start this? Why did you why did you do this in the first place? And being able to communicate that story to the guests because you have that passion inside of you. And if you can do that and you can communicate that, then I think that you're going to feel more natural and then they're going to have a good feel for you as well. Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people in my experience have had a hard time making that, you know, kind of forcing that connection, but the yeah. more you do it, the easier it becomes. Um, oh yeah. It's just know. like anything with repetition. That's kind of what's built. And, sure. and it, and it's, I mean, it's, it stems from self-awareness, knowing who you are, knowing what your skills are, and leaning into what you're good at. Yeah. Um, like, if you're good at carrying 12 plates, but you can't say hello to a stranger, yeah, you're, you're, you're a runner, right? I mean, like, you exactly know your place. Like, that, and, yep. and not in a bad way, not like nope. you get in your place. Not at all. But, like, no. use your strengths, right? So you put on your psychologist hat and, and the Thorpenator comes in and, and wrecks shop. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I think at some level too, people want that permission to be able to say, I don't have to do that or, yeah. you know, okay, that's not your strength. Well, let's figure out who is strong at that and let's get them trained the way that you want that, da, 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 all those mm-hmm. other things. And then being able to help them from there. So it's kind of, you know, as business owners, a lot of times, and I actually just recorded an episode about this today on my restaurant podcast, as business owners, we tend to want to just do everything ourselves because yeah. they can't <laughs> do it right. Exactly. That's the yeah. only way to get things done is to do it yourself. Well, you know, at a certain level, you have to let some of that go. <laughs> and right. you, you have to let other people handle certain things. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a struggle for every entrepreneur or business owner. I mean, I, I know I struggle with that. It's yeah. like, well, I, if I hand this off to you, will you get it done in the amount of time and the way that I would do it? And right. I know, you know, we all in in theory think, oh yeah, sure, we could hand stuff off. But when it's your baby, like, yep. oh, that's not well, easy. There's a there's a certain understanding too of, of knowing that, you know, especially in a restaurant where you know you have staff, the person at the top, the owner is the person who's going to care the most about that restaurant. Every mm-hmm. person in the hierarchy cares a little bit less. And you yeah. have to you have to accept that. You I mean you you can't expect, you know, whoever is hosting, your 16-year-old host who's right. you know, a sophomore in high school to care about your business as much as you do. You just can't. So to have the same expectation of that person that you have for yourself is unreasonable. Right. So when you, you run Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish that. Yeah, no. So, I mean, when, when you step back and look at it from that perspective, you just have a different way of explaining things and a different way of coaching things to people and, and not getting just blistering upset at someone who works, you know, eight hours a week when, you right. know, that's, it, it's not their passion. It's not what they're doing. And the, that fits a role into the restaurant. And you have to accept that. Right. So do you feel like it's, is it more difficult dealing with the host that doesn't care or the owner that cares way too much in your experience? That's a good question. I think that uh, the the owner, <laughs> I think it's, it's probably on the owner because at the end of the day, you know, the person at the top is the one who has to set the tone. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I think that you can still have, you know, a host who doesn't care. There's different levels of that because sure. there, there's, I mean, I've seen, there are people who just don't care and those people should probably be gone. Yeah. Um, they shouldn't be there in the first place, <laughs> but right. Exactly. And, but that's another thing that people struggle with. They don't know it's how firing. To, they don't know how to fire and, and they're, uh, they're, they're afraid to in certain situations. Um, but I mean, and so I mean, the host doesn't care is easy. You can let them yeah. go. The, the the difficult owner, they're there for good. <laughs> so okay, thinking thinking back to my experience, if I'm thinking about a host that doesn't care, not really a big deal. Server yeah. that doesn't care, okay, you just put them in a bad section, whatever. Bartender that doesn't care could be a problem. Cook that doesn't care if they're one of the important cooks and not a prep cook, you got a real problem, right? Because that's the that's the backbone of the restaurant right there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I mean, I could argue for every position. You know, even even your prep sure. from from an owner standpoint, uh, from a prep cook, prep is such a massive expense that if you have a prep cook that doesn't care, that could mean foods being thrown away. That could mean they're taking their sweet time. You're losing labor costs. So there's yeah. a, there's a lot of other layers to that other than just an attitude problem. So you know, looking at that is it's it's different. It's unique and you know, the thing that I talked about on my podcast and the thing that I lived in the restaurant world and I try and teach people is you have to have your expectation of your culture um, from your interview process. That starts immediately. Oh, and, yeah. And, and my thing is you as the business owner, or you as the manager, whoever it is, is in charge of this. You have to evaluate what percentage of your staff is bought in compared to mm-hmm. who's not. And if that number is under 50 percent, then you're wasting a ton of energy, which is a waste of time and a waste of money because the majority of your staff is bringing the, the good ones down and then the good ones yeah. don't want to stay. Oh, and culture and culture in anything, but specifically in a restaurant and any yeah. business really, I think yeah. is that is the absolute hardest thing to change when yes. you're talking from, cause it's, it's always top down, but Correct. at some point if there's a cancer in there and you have to figure out how to remove them or change them, uh, then it's like then it's permeated and your entire staff is used to one way of life and you've you've got a I mean coming in as a consultant I'm guessing Completely. you come up with a lot of walls of people are like well this is how it's done I mean I come in that way with, oh, with my clients when it's like well we've done marketing this way for a long time or we've done our accounting this way for a long time and I'm like guys you've been this is not even close to what the way it needs to be if you're going to do it Correct. and be efficient and make it happen. So when you're, when you're in that situation, a culture change, where do you start? You have to start with the vision. Um, oh, you know, okay. going, going back to the ground floor and saying, this is, this is what the entire, going back again, this is what, this is why I started it. This is what I want. I'm the owner of this place. This is my vision. And if it's not being executed by your, your staff, then you've got to evaluate whether they don't care. They don't know what the vision is. Maybe you just haven't clearly communicated it to them or, you know, they don't know how to get to it. So, you know, if they don't know it, then that's on you. That's on, on the leadership. If they don't know how to get there, then, you know, that's sort of, let's figure this out together. But if they just flat out don't care, then, you know, unfortunately, you need to care. You need to go. And the way that I communicate that is, well, if these people are costing you money, right, because they don't yeah. care and they're not caring about your food costs and not caring about the quality, then they're affecting how much money you're making at the end of the day. And when that gas bill comes in or, you know, your, your um, 
you know, your lease is due? <laughs> are, are they yeah. going to be, are they going to be there having your back helping you pay for it? No, they're not. Right. So you have to look at it from that standpoint, instead of just looking at it from a standpoint of, I don't want to fire this person. Yeah. Well, do you want to pay your bills or? <laughs> yeah. Well, or, and, or as a, yeah. As a business owner in general, a small business entrepreneur, when you're starting something, we're both in the same boat as far as that goes. Yep. When you're in that world and you like you have bills to pay, you have we both have kids, we have family, we have oh, a yeah. life that we have to support. Yep. In any entrepreneurial journey, whether it's a restaurant or whether you're selling widgets on the corner, you have some fear that comes in at some point to say, I don't know if I'm going to make it this year. Like I don't know right. this month, this week, this day. Right. Um and when so like for you, when you struggle and you get into that downward spiral because i get into it sometimes where it's like oh man i I see these invoices are out they haven't been paid this is coming Uh due yeah like uh and and you start to go down that path of worst case scenario (laughs) yeah do you have have a mechanism that you use to pull you out of that to be like no this is look big picture don't like what do you what do you it's it's a, a mental uh state that you got to get into right completely i mean that is you know, it's it's funny when, first of all, when I, I tell people, you know, restaurants have razor thin margins as it is. And, right. And I started a business going in there asking for a part of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, it's not it's it's a good line to laugh at, but it's the reality. And, you, you know, I think an important thing is when you start a business or whatever it is that you're starting to know sort of what the downsides are to know how to angle, you know, what your angle is going to be on that. And of course it's, you know, I can for X amount of dollars in the next, you know, four weeks, I can help you accomplish this. Your ROI is going to be this because you're going to save on your food costs and labor, you know, whatever. Um, but from, from the, the personal mental standpoint, it's just trusting in the process. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds so cliche and it's not always easy. I mean, there are times when it's just like, man, I, I walked away from a corporate salary job. <laughs> I knew, yep. you know, I knew what to expect. I knew that, you know, the, this was going to, going to be here. And, you know, if I have to do this and this and this to still be around in 12 months. So, right. you know, there, there's that pressure, but not getting ahead of that. And, you know, just staying focused on the day to day, you know, it's difficult too, because sometimes you look at, okay, I, I could do this and it could be a short term decision. Um, but is this, is this something that's going to be, you know, long term? Is this going to affect the business long term? Am, am I making a bad decision in the short term? Because I feel like I've got this pressure that I need to, um, you know, that I need to conform to and, you know, having the ability to decipher between, well, this could be detrimental for this reason or this reason, you know, maybe I'm not going to do that. Maybe I'm not going to take advertising dollars for my podcast right now because I don't have the ability to say no. You know what I mean? Just little, little things like that. Like if I say I need to have advertising on my podcast, then I could be advertising for something that I don't believe in. Yeah. You know, and making those bad decisions. And that's just a, a small, um, you know, small example, but it's, it is taking a step back and thinking, trying to just remember that long-term goal and, and well, seeing and if, even, it, if it fits into it or not. Even as we talk about it, we keep going down a rabbit hole of like, 
well, this, then this, then advertising dollars for this. Then, I mean, th- there's so many places you, and I find myself getting to that where it's like, you go down so far to minute detail that ultimately, if you step back and look at the detail you're talking about, it doesn't actually matter in the big picture. Right. Right. Because you can't look at the you can't look at the minuscule details because that's not what drives it. It's important to make sure you're aware of it and you've done Correct. your research and you know what's happening and you know what the margins are in restaurants so that you don't go in and ask for a price of, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. And yep. and then they're like, well, I can't that doesn't even work. Like, right. why are you even talking? To me? Right. I just wasted wasted time with you, period. And, and you know, one thing f- to just get really into the, into my strategy with all of that. You know, knowing that everything is margin thin, you know, razor thin mm-hmm. margins, mm-hmm. and being able to sort of customize it in a way of saying, you know, hey, here's what I can accomplish. What's, you know, what kind of budget are you talking about? What can you do yes. this month? Let me, let me, let me fit into that however I can. And one important thing for me is, you know, we've talked about this already, but being in the relationship business, absolutely. Uh, you know, my my thing is. I'm accessible to you all the time. Like I'm not going to be like these high priced lawyers. And if you want to call me and just vent about something or send me a text, I'm not going to charge you for that. Like I'm going to charge you for, you know what we've agreed on to help you in your business, but let Mm -hmm. me be a resource for you. Let me be a jumping off point. Entrepreneurship, you know, being in restaurants, whatever it is, it's a lonely world. And, and when you're at the top, no one else cares about you. (laughs) I mean, exactly. Yeah, and, well, because they're they're looking at you and they're loading their gun. Like, yeah. I'm gonna shoot you down. Okay, yeah. so that's I think that takes me to a point that I'm super hot on, which is competition. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that competition is important because yeah. one thing it does is it tells you you're in the right direction. If you're the yeah. first, if you're the first one in a space, and you're trying to explain why this space is important, yeah, you may be in a space that doesn't matter. Or you might be a pioneer. Like right. you, it's yeah. either it's either complete feast or famine, as opposed to saying there's three, four, five more guys that are doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh. So I know I'm in the right space. And if I look at that from a global perspective and say there's you know X number of people in the world, it's it's whatever. There's I know there's two billion people on Facebook. I don't know how many people are on the world because yeah. whatever. Who if they're not on Facebook, I don't think no. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> negative about people. I'm not. On social media. It's okay. Sorry. Sidetrack. Anyways, there's a lot of people. But competition. So in the restaurant world, in your world specifically, how many other restaurant consultants do what you do? Are there a lot? Well, yeah. I and mean, there's a lot of a lot of companies out there um, locally. Um, there's a there's a handful. Um, and, and there's there's one big group. Um, here in Michigan, but they really focus on more of the food certification, you know, the different, you know, whatever it is that, that these you need to be uh, a restaurant operator. And they do, they do things like, you know, helping with menu development and so on and so forth, but it's not the same. Um, you know, mine, mine is sort of a more, you know, hands-on, uh, get my hands in the dirt kind of kind of thing um yeah. and so it, it's not it's not exactly the same and they don't actually advertise themselves as restaurant consultants um and then you know the other thing for me is i want i mean i want to own restaurants down the line gotcha. um I, I don't think that that these you know other people have have that that vision. goal 
So for me, when I look at it and I see, you know, maybe there's a potential to come into a restaurant, help them out a little bit and say, hey, there could be something here. And maybe they want to be a partner. Maybe they want to sell. Maybe they want to, you know what I mean? You have an inside, you have an inside track to kind of see this is where they're heading and we can help you with that. Well, you know, maybe they want to be 60, 40 partners or whatever it is so that that way, you know, there's, then that creates another revenue source. So on, you know, down all that down the line. Yeah. The other part of it is, so um, I I have a couple business partners who have their own real estate company. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also, I mean, they do commercial real estate as well. So they already sell businesses. If we come across restaurant owners who want to sell business, who would sell their business, you know, we have that built in already. Um, you know, these these guys are thirty uh, percent partners in my business, so it benefits them to be able to sell these commercial businesses but one advantage that we have too is we can go in there and say you want to sell your restaurant well we can come in as the restaurant consultants doctor it up help you get systems in place to look more appealing to a potential buyer and then on the other side of it we have a buyer come in and we say hey we are also restaurant consultants we can help you get this off the ground and show you how to do this on the other side you're double ending the deals that so bro that's so good yeah and and what's important to me about that is there are so many people who look i mean i've actually i've probably lost more work by telling people not to buy a restaurant because i don't think it makes sense for them but you gotta be honest if you're not authentic and honest then what's the point exactly so so to me the entire vision of this just comes from the number of restaurants that close every year and and seeing people who legitimately what's that number I couldn't even tell you. I mean, it's, it, I just mean every, you know, when I open up a news article and I see another local restaurants closed, it's just like, you know, you think about it and and you look at just the, the devastation and the investment that goes into this. I mean, I had someone Mm -hmm. who came to me who was willing to put, you know, three quarters of their 401k life savings into this, you know, essentially hole in the wall. bar that was just close to their house and like no you can't do this you will lose every bit of it and you know it's those but those are the things that motivate me to be able to have these types of conversations and have these connections to be able to tell people no or if they're already in it okay let's figure out how to get you out of this and or or how to get you to make more money so you can hire someone to run it so you don't have to be there seven days a week right Right. So, so we just got like a super quick snapshot of the vision of the Thorpe dynasty. Like that's completely like, so this is, that's really cool to hear that you're not like just, I wanted to just start consulting for restaurants. How much of this idea of saying, I'm going to be, I'm a restaurant consultant, but ultimately big picture. I have this vision of being basically a restaurant group of your own, right? That's what we're talking yep. about. Yep. Um, did you have that vision before you left the corporate gig and you're like, I see this? Yes. Or was it like once it was, you saw that? Yep. Um, I, I saw the ability to either, you know, a partner with places, you know, maybe, maybe they don't want to invest all that time and all their energy into it. And they want to have someone who is a managing group. They can mm-hmm. come in necessarily. Maybe they can't afford it. Instead, you get equity, and then we come in and we put our team yep. in place and build all those things as well. Um, so I, I saw that from the beginning. I mean, I saw being able to go into a place and pitch that, but also be able to, on the consulting side of it, see go in and kind of see the the back end of it and already know is this a viable business? Is this something that 
can make money long term. Um, and then from the other side of it, I mean, I, I've known that along the way, other restaurants are going to pop up that are for sale that, I mean, we could as our group and, and as, as me leading the restaurant part of it, we know we could just completely kill it from, yeah. from a restaurant standpoint. So well, yeah, it, it, the vision was never just consulting, but I think one important part of the vision is to maintain the consulting. Yes, so as the revenue stream that keeps going. Right. And, 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 yeah. you know, more than likely having a restaurant with consistent income is probably, you know, more profitable in the long term, especially when you start to rack up the number of restaurants that you have. But for me, again, it comes back to that being able to help people along the way and being able to, you know, go into a place and, and, and help, you know, this, whoever it is that has invested into this already or help people decide not to invest in, in the business yeah. if they don't understand it, or if they have a new restaurant that's opening, help them open it in a way where, you know, all these things are maybe things you haven't thought about before your doors open. Cause as soon as your door doors open, everything's out the window. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it, absolutely. Just, it, just, it just really is because I mean, you know, working in restaurants, as soon as your doors are open, it's hard to work on anything. Oh yeah. Because you're, you're, especially when you're doing anything that's major, you shut the doors and if you shut the doors, your revenue stream is gone completely because there's nothing else. I have, a. Uh, um, one of my buddy's clients, he's a contractor and he just put together, um, it's a barbecue restaurant out here and they'd only done catering for a long time, mm-hmm. but they, they, he's like, I'm going to open a restaurant. It's going to be great. It's gonna be awesome. His barbecue's epic. Like he's really, really good. Yeah. Um, as far as cooking goes, but this is his first restaurant that he's opening yep. and it has been one thing after another delay, delay, delay. And he's like, he's, he's like, I'm freaking out. I'm hemorrhaging money we got to get this place open because literally I, my catering is keeping our cash flow up. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And and in that kind of world, if you're not, if your doors aren't open, you might as well shut down for good. Yeah. (laughs) There, there are some people out here that have the saying that the most expensive thing in the restaurant is an empty seat. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's just, that's just one empty seat. I mean, if you're talking about the entire establishment being closed. Yeah. It's it's expensive. It's really expensive, and then you really freak out. Completely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's and and you're dealing with in that situation when you're dealing with an individual who's owning a restaurant who put all of their hard-earned money into it, and it's it's basically failing, and they have to come out of it. You get the chance to either come in and help them get out of it, or you help them fix it. But either way. Yep. You get to come in and help somebody make something better. Right. And that's something that I think is so cool about what you do. You, you, you're a people person. You, you seem, I talk like we know each other forever, but I feel like we've <laughs> known each other forever. Yeah, I but, agree. But I think we're like kind of the same person, but not really, but we're, you know what I mean? I completely um, do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, I love, I love people. I love helping people any way that yes. I can. Yes. And the fact that I can make my business out of it, whether I'm helping them with their taxes or their accounting or their business in general or their marketing or help to run a podcast. What, like, I don't care what it is. I just like helping people. Yeah. And right. you're, you're able to do that with your expertise and yeah. you're able to find a way to make that happen. Right. And I think that's the magic in, in getting out into that role of I'm going to step out and take the risk and do the thing and take the action. Yeah. 
having a plan is important, but without taking that action, without saying, I'm going to leave this corporate job, even though I know I, I no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> and sweetheart, you, we might have to live in a van. Down yeah. by the like, I don't, I make no promises. Right. Exactly. But, oh my yeah, it's well, crazy. Well, what's, what's interesting to me and just kind of reflecting on myself, when I look at every aspect of the restaurant, I, I legitimately love it. I love, mm-hmm. I love the boring paperwork. I love analyzing the numbers. I mean, I just, I, I geek out over it all the way to the exciting, you know, flipping the saute pan and all that, you know, working with knives. I love it. And Do you then, practice flipping the saute pan with the cheese balls? You seen that no. trick? <laughs> I, I, I never, I never had to practice. You just learn it on the fly. <laughs> what? You're a master of the pan flip. You should, oh yeah, for sure. Oh dude. Okay. Know. So you, okay. you, should, you, should, you like I, cooking? Oh yeah. I love it. What's I, your favorite part of cooking? Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think just just the creation, you know, taking something from X number of ingredients and then turning turning it into something else, uh, sort of just that that feeling of I took this from its natural state and uh-huh. now it now it's this completely other different you know entity, this completely living you know, living breathing dish that is something that's new and you know it, it's surprising to somebody. So, you know, I think, I mean, I, I, I legitimately love every aspect of it. I mean, I, I love putting something on the grill. I love doing something Mm -hmm. in the saute pan. I love, I love, I love cutting fish, you know, filleting fish. I mean, every single bit of it. So So how long were you, how long were you in the kitchen when you were in the restaurant biz? Um, it's, it's hard to put a number on that because it was a little bit of everything. Gotcha. Always a little bit of everything. So I you never kind of have to be, especially when you were, cause you were a GM, right? Like that Correct. when you're, when you're the manager, you have to be able to do everything to, if somebody calls out or if yep. oh, you yeah. got the jack of all trades. Oh yeah. Uh, and, so, and it's, it's funny because you, you have to know how to do it. You're not always going to be the best at it because you're not the right. one doing it every single day. You know, yes. these, these, uh, you know, these other cooks will give you a hard time. Well, you're doing this 40 hours a week. I'm doing it maybe, you know, five or six. I remember, I remember when one of our managers would, who I don't think actually he ever actually, it was a steakhouse I worked at. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he actually ever did work the grill, but yeah. there was one of these times where one of the, one of the second grill cooks, so it wasn't the main grill cook, the second yeah. grill cook called out. Yeah. And he went back there and he was cooking and it was the, like, it was literally, we roasted him the entire night, the entire staff. And I don't yeah. think he went back there again. That's so he was funny. done. Like he, That's that was so it. Funny. Like, I know I'm not going there again. It's, it's funny for me, the, the grill was always the most natural place. It was definitely mm-hmm. the most challenging, but once you have a system down, it's just system, you know, putting the right thing into place and kind of knowing where everything is. There mm-hmm. were, there were a few times that I would at, at the, the last restaurant that I was a, a partner in when I'd, I'd go back and I'd, I'd work the grill and you know, these guys would just look at me like, where'd you figure out how to do this? Like, yeah, you didn't know you had that in you. <laughs> you're, and it, you're a Jedi master at the grill. <laughs> but, if, but if you put me on the salad station, I'd kind of be like, okay, what goes in the salad again? So it's, it's just kind of knowing, knowing my strengths and playing yeah, to them. <laughs> playing to your strengths. Absolutely. Put someone else on the salad station Every time I will, I'll do, I'll do desserts. You go make the salads. <laughs> uh, I always had a problem when I was making desserts. I'd end up eating some. Well, it doesn't matter. Whenever I made it, they didn't let me in the kitchen. 
I, if I was in the kitchen, it was like, what happened to all of the stuff? Like, probably, where? Probably a we, smart move. Yeah, probably a smart move. It was, it was them knowing me, not me knowing me, that it was yeah, putting yeah. me in the right place. Right. So, uh, dealing with people in restaurants is always fun. And I like to think about, uh, back to the days when I was there. Mm-hmm. And I think about the bad people, the people yep. that come in and it's like they're regulars and they are a pain, but they keep yep. coming back. Yep. Uh, do you have a best bad person story? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do actually. Let's hear it. Let's do um, it. I love this. This, this person's nickname was the crab cake lady. What? Okay, actually, I have I have two. Okay, I have okay. to I have to tell both. No, uh, this is this one is definitely the best. Okay, Cra- the crab cake lady. This person um wanted <laughs> essentially, I think, wanted something that was closer to maybe a McDonald's fish fillet kind oh, of wow. style st- style whatever, but wanted it in a crab cake form. Well, our particular crab cakes were Maryland style jumbo lump. I mean, not meant to be, you, 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 it's not deep fried. You know, it's, it's done in the oven. You know, your, your Maryland classic crab cake. Yeah. It looks it's, nothing like a flat fish fillet. It's not, you can't pick this thing up and eat it, you know. Right. But she would always call and say, I want my crab cake. I want it crispy, da 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 da, whatever. And we would always just try so many different ways of doing this crab cake. And she was never, ever, ever happy with it. But she kept coming back. But she kept coming back. And finally I was like, listen, you know, I don't think we can accomplish what you want. Like, please stop trying. (laughs) I don't like, I don't Please stop trying. Like what, what you're doing is not like it, it doesn't work. Physics won't allow it to happen. Like, that's just not, let me try and explain this to you. Like, it's not yeah. breaded. It's not like, this isn't going to ever work. And at one point she stopped after I had this conversation with her of like, this isn't how this works. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. whatever your vision for this crab cake is, we can't accomplish it just because this is the way that they're done. Yeah. So there was a day that, uh, she came back and I wasn't there that particular day. And <laughs> we didn't, we didn't do um, car side to go, but this person okay. had requested it. And the reason that I think that this person had requested it was because she didn't want to come inside. Everyone see like, Oh, it's the crab cake lady. Crab cake lady. Well, what ended up happening was the, our, one of our wonderful um, hourly supervisors brings the crab cake out to her and she opens the box and grabs the crab cake and literally tries to throw it at this employee. No way. But the best, the best part was half of it ended up inside of her car and Cause you can't pick up the crab <laughs> cake. You can't pick up the crab cake. <laughs> and like, so you try and deal with these things with patience and understanding, but there's, oh. there is just a certain level of, I, I don't think I can help you. I, yeah. I just don't. And, and so I, I'm I'm amazed. How, how many times did she come back? Too many. Like that, it was easily over ten. Easily. And it was it like I mean that just some people are funny. Like I think people I are amazing, but people are horrible all the same why, time. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Why? Like, I, <laughs> was there it, a McDonald's it, next door? 
No, no, no. Could have brought in a Van Camps and just brought that to her. The last, like, just <laughs> like she was like, yes, this is exactly. You guys are amazing. Best crab you, cakes ever. You nailed it and charge her sixteen dollars for it. Yes, it's like it's cod, lady. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it, it was unbelievable, and I mean, my staff always did an amazing job. You know, trying to handle this and. But yeah, I don't understand why you keep coming back. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and it's it's almost like that's for some of those people. And I know the ones that would come in and were great. Mm-hmm. Like there's this one guy that we had come in all the time, and he was we called him the twenty because every time he'd come in, he'd order mm-hmm. a twenty ounce beer, sit in the corner, and ask for one of the cute girl waitresses. Like that was his thing. He just <laughs> he's the nicest guy, but kind of weird, and always yep. stayed totally after closing. He's one yep. of the guys that you're like, when can he leave so I can clean his table and we can go? Yes. Yeah. But but nice guy. But I think it was like his probably his wife died, and he had this whole thing where mm. this was his. This was his connection to people. Yeah, he didn't have yeah. any other thing. And at Get that it. point, then you're just like, man, I gotta, I gotta make it a connection here and and do my best to make sure that he feels like this is a place that he can come and and Completely what. I mean, it, at the same time, it's a restaurant, and you're you know whatever, twenty twenty three year old kids that some kids are not going to be <laughs> the most helpful in those situations for a guy that's yeah. Anyway, but yeah, but but people I, but are, I, I don't know. I think that there is a people go to a restaurant because they want something more than just food and drink. Mm, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, especially if they sit at the bar, you know, they're looking for that bartender who's going to be engaging. I mean, yeah. I, I can think of just endless stories of people who, you know, lost a loved one and they ended up there for whatever reason, or, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm actually from, Houston. I was born and raised in Houston, moved to Michigan yeah. when I was when I was 16. And so, you know, the hurricane this year, um, you know, was kind of just this massively emotional, powerful thing for me, oh, especially sure. not being there. And this you is, have family I, that's still there? I don't. Um, a lot okay. of friends, but, but no family. Yeah. Um, but I had, uh, I was still working in the restaurant at the time. It was right at the end, right at my, you know, my last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a family who was displaced. They just happened to be in Michigan at the time of the hurricane, visiting family, ended up having to stay an extra week because of it. And they came in and it was just one of these weird moments of just like, yeah, they're they're supposed to be here right now. I have this connection. And I mean, I happen to be working that night, so on and so forth. And it was just this just crazy, unbelievable thing to be able to be a part of that. You know, they they asked the server for all my information and everything so they could stay in contact with me afterwards and, and whatever. But, you know, then there are stories of, like you said, you know, this person, you know, lost his wife. Well, I can think of this one woman who, you know, lost her husband just unexpectedly. And Mm -hmm. she, it was, I remember this day because she was sitting at the bar, basically almost falling asleep. And, you know, when I, I kind of see that, I'm like, okay, this person's intoxicated just from the, from that, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that's what I have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I go to the bartender, I'm like, what's going on over here? And, you know, my bartender, he's like, she hasn't had anything to drink. I'm like, oh, okay. And cool. these the people sitting next to her, you know, kind of flag me over and they, they tell me like, yeah, she lost her husband like three days ago. She hasn't slept. Da, 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 da. Oh. So she may not, she's not in the right mind. She's not drunk, but she's not in her right mind. So, you know, we're like, okay, let's get her 
let's get her a cab. Let's do whatever we can to make sure she gets home safely. And I remember at the beginning of the conversation, just being like, Hey, like, let's find a way to get, get you home. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I want to make sure you're, you're taken care of. Yeah. She was kind of upset. Like, Oh, I haven't been drinking. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Oh no, 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 I understand that. And, and you know, our priority is you and, and making sure that, <laughs> you know, whatever. So this, this person gets home safely. And a week later, she's back in there to, to thank all of us and everyone who's there and then yeah. became a regular. And, and it's just one of those things where you create that emotional connection and you're there for somebody in that, in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got a, you've got a fan for life, but then you, you also start to develop relationships with those people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it moves beyond, it moves beyond just server and beyond being just a door. restaurant. Yep. Yeah. No. And, and, and then you've got that, that then turns the reputation of that restaurant into something that's special for that person. And then that perpetuates through the rest of the culture. Um, Completely. Yeah. Well, what's, I mean, what, what's that? Maya? there's a Maya Angela quote that says something of, you know, the pe- people won't remember you for what you did, but how you made them feel. Oh yeah. 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 It, it, it's almost exactly what it's like in a restaurant. If you, if somebody leaves a restaurant from an experience and they're like, ah, that like, felt cared for i felt like they mm-hmm. genuinely cared that i was there it doesn't matter what your server said or who your server was right. and so forth you know what exactly what they ate it's just they yeah. felt good they left feeling cared for then you've won and they're going to yeah. remember that i uh there was we at our restaurant we'd never done like employee of the month anything or whatever mm-hmm. um but we were doing this uh, cha- whatever it was a challenge or whatever for the month and they brought us all together like pre-evening pep talk whatever yep. and they they pulled out a card it was just a handwritten card that they got in the mail and they started reading this card and they said uh so we we don't normally do employee of the month whatever the we're, we're we did this challenge but this kind of changed the whole game i want to read this to you so they start reading uh you know i was in the restaurant the other night with my my husband and my kids and my one daughter specifically, she's uh, younger, but she doesn't do well in public. She doesn't do well in social situations, especially with men. And so she was very hesitant with what was going to happen in the restaurant that night. But we had our server that came by. He got down to her level. He talked to her very gently and she actually responded. And it was one of the most touching, com- touching situations I've had as a mother with my daughter and I'm a fan for life and this restaurant is the uh, this this has made our family's day week like this is epic thank you yeah. so much and that kind of stuff made an impact now humble brag the server was me but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Like, that kind of thing and and I didn't do anything when I was there I had no idea about this I was just I being it. me exactly. and I was connecting with the mom and I was connecting with the kid and literally got down to her eye level and talked to her a little bit. And I, cause I remember it once, once they got the card and started reading, I'm like, Oh my goodness, that was, that was my table. Like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But that made an impact and it doesn't matter whether it's a restaurant or whether it's, uh, you're at the park or you're at a movie theater or the mall, whatever. If you make connection with a person and you treat them like a person, that's going to make an impact that is, is, life-changing potentially um and yeah. you never know when that's going to be right you, you have no idea but you no. have to be open you have to be open for it i mean just start by being kind and being nice yep and smiling and and it's, knowing that maybe their day is worse than yours it's so funny to me when you know people what makes a successful restaurant da, 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 da. 
if you just are a little bit more hospitable than the person next to you, it's going to seem like a night and day difference. Yep. If, if your staff can be genuine and just have that understanding of, Hey, this person chose us. Mm-hmm. Like they chose our restaurant. They could go to a million other restaurants in this city and they chose us. Yeah. And if they have, if they have that, even, I mean, if you want to put a percentage on it, even if they had it 50, 50, I think that you're going to be in a pretty good position. Absolutely. But if, but if that's a culture that runs throughout the entire restaurant, it's going to make a huge difference. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, the last, the last restaurant that I came in to, um, as a partner was in, uh, was in Grand Rapids for 10 years when I, when I got there, it had already been there for 10 years. The restaurant had been there for 10 years. The restaurant had already been okay. there for 10 years. Um, good reputation. Um, but the, the landscape, the restaurant landscape had changed a lot in 10 years. So coming into it, you kind of look at it from the standpoint of, all right, we need to be relevant and we need to not rest on the fact and rest on our laurels that we've had a good, good 10 years. Cause mm-hmm. if there's going to be another 10, then we've got to up our game and there was sort of that attitude of, you know, we're, we're we are who we are. You know, yeah. we're, we're this restaurant. Oh, tradition. Popular. Tradition. Like, this is what, this is how it's done. How it like, always, we will always be successful. But to go in there and flip that script around and be like, no, 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 no. That'll go away if you act that way. If you, mm-hmm. if you don't ap- approach this with humility and you don't approach this with, hey, we are grateful for the fact that you're here every single, not, oh yeah, you're lucky you got a table at our restaurant. No, 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 no. Cause that'll go away. Oh yeah. It'll go away so much faster than you realize. And in, in the humble brag, since we're doing that, let's in the do four, it, bring it. The four years that I was there, we actually grew sales. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that it's all about that mindset and it's all about that. I mean, we can talk about gratitude all day long, but instilling that in your people, you know, when you have, when you have staff and being able to instill that in them and, and have them genuinely feel like, Hey, I'm glad you picked us. Cause I know you had yeah. a million other options. Yeah. Well, and there's so, and that mindset in general is going to be just a breath of fresh air to people exactly. for them Yes. For them to feel like, oh wow, that like it hits them weird. It just, just simply opening the door for someone and holding it yep. is like, what did you just do? Like, right. so if you take that to the next level, and your staff at your restaurant, your business, if you're a service company at all, mm-hmm. like that component is literally going to make the difference because there is competition. There is another restaurant oh, yeah. on the next on the next corner, and if you don't do something to make them feel because that feel is what's going to make the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's so huge and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It literally doesn't. You're you're still right. A lot of this can, can go cross industry. And what I think is interesting, you know, the, um, the quick service, you know, the Mm -hmm. Chipotle's and the core life eateries and all those places that are, that are, are popping up, you know, they, they've had a good run, but they've kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. There, there are more restaurants in that field because Chipotle and all those other ones they took off. Right. But now it's kind of plateauing. If you look at the statistics, and I don't eat at them very often. I, I mean, I actually don't go out very often anyway. Because <laughs> well, you like cooking, probably. Yeah, yeah. And and I've spent a lot of time working in restaurants, so <laughs> ah. <laughs> you don't have, don't have a lot of time to go out. Right. But, but 
when I do, it's interesting to see the lack of hospitality and, and yeah. just the focus on the function, right? Like you need to pick out your, you know, it's like subway, pick out your bread, pick out your meat, pick out your veggies. Da, 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 da. They're fulfilling that task while not giving you that, you know, mm-hmm. that hospitality. And when I talk to people who own those types of restaurants or run those types of restaurants, it's even has to be more emphasized because you only have that short period of time that you have somebody. You don't mm-hmm. have a server the entire experience. You're only interacting with those employees in that short window of time. So they need to do that much more to kind of show that genuine appreciation and work that in there. Right. It's even, it's even more challenging. So I think that it's actually kind of turned into this. Uh, my theory is that those are less hospitable. So people don't want to go as often. Yeah. You know, there isn't that personal feeling. There isn't that emotional connection. So I think that's why it's kind of plateaued because there's that, that barrier. Yeah, that's interesting because I think cause I like I like Chipotle. Um, yeah. I love Blaze Pizza. Do you guys have Blaze Pizzas out there? It's uh, I, 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 I know of it. I just haven't been to one. Okay, like it's it's a basically Subway Chipotle, but it's for pizza. Yep. Um, and that feel you get that feel of like, am I being rushed or yep. are they just in a uh, assembly line mentality yep. when they're just trying to get to the next person because they see the line of twenty people behind me, which from an efficiency standpoint, I'm guessing there's a much better way. Yeah, probably, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like the idea of I get to go through and I get to pick all my stuff that goes on my food. Yeah. But at the same time, from an efficiency standpoint, those lines move pretty slow sometimes. Yeah. Ultimately, the food comes out when you're done. And we're in a culture of, well, we want it now, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to wait for this. Right. So then you have to deal with – so that it, it's kind of that in-between like where you you know you you're go to a sit down and everything's brought to you or you go to a counter restaurant and order off the menu and then it gets to you and the in between I wonder if it's because it's like people are just getting tired of it like I th- I think so I mean I, I think that you just you just don't have that same feeling that same mm-hmm. that you know you walk away from having a good dining experience and I th- and that's something that I my wife and I talk she likes to eat at home I mean, she likes to go out, but she likes to eat at home. I mm-hmm. love to go out because yeah. I—it's the atmosphere. It's oh yeah. Like, I I like making coffee at home, and I like Starbucks coffee, but I like sitting at Starbucks. Like yeah, I, I just like the everything that's around you and that experience that mm-hmm. you feel. Like I like all of that part, and uh, I don't know that that's ever going to go away. Yeah. Uh, which means the service part is always going to be there no matter what Absolutely. kind of restaurant it is Completely. you just got to figure out where that where that fits in the I, grand scheme of things i totally nerd out when i sit at a starbucks or at a coffee shop there's a there's one coffee shop that's not the most convenient <laughs> that i like to go sit at so yeah. my my office is about an hour away so right. some days it doesn't make sense for me to get to my office um so if i have meetings or whatever that are close to home i'll go to this particular coffee shop and they have a counter that basically sits right at the end of their service so they've got their drive-through they've got where they work and then they've got their long counter where they have the walk up and then the yep. where i sit is like right there i can see straight down You're seeing everything I can see, I can see the drive-through and i just love it and i'm not even watching or paying attention 98 percent of the time but it is it's that just that i see the people moving you hear the noises just all of it it's yes it's, it's so cool just to be in that environment now you started in a coffee shop, right? That was one of yeah. your first experiences. Yeah, I was a di- I was a dishwasher in a coffee shop. 
Nice. And did you uh, ever have the idea of owning a coffee shop, or do you want to go just strictly restaurant? Uh, you mean? Oh, you mean now? Yeah, now. Yeah, I. I mean, if if it's right, it's right. I mean, there are so many different, you know, types mm-hmm. of, you know, restaurant, food, beverage related places that I feel that that I can fit into or help. You know, if if that means partnering someone that's existing, yeah. you know, it, I'm, I, I'm not limited. I, I'm not limiting my options or, or what could happen. I you love coffee. It, you heard it first, folks. Mike Thorpe is unlimited, limitless. <laughs> we will call him the limitless yeah. Mike Thorpe. I'll, I'll push. I'll push the boundaries as far as I can. <laughs> See so, what we can come up with. Oh, you totally. So I heard a rumor. You have to confirm or deny. All I think right. you're going to confirm. So, uh, you, you were a bartender at one point, right? Correct. In your restaurant career. Yes. And I heard that the movie Cocktail is loosely based on your life. Yeah, oh, Is that right? Yeah. Like 100%. Tom Hanks came and trained with you? Like that yeah, was your thing? totally learned from me. <laughs> <laughs> they thought about changing the name of the character, but they thought that would just be too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, I mean, they they couldn't do that for for various reasons. They didn't want well, some royalties. To, I mean, that's just, it, well, and they didn't want to ruin my life by having that be something I had to deal with for the rest of my life. So I appreciate <laughs> them changing the name. No, but so so that's it's funny because uh, in in the podcast that I um, talked about that the the restaurant that I was working at they they wanted us to do flair. It wasn't TGI right. Fridays, okay? They wanted us to learn how to do flair. So he, let me, I'm going to break the news to you. It was Ruby Tuesday. No, <laughs> the, Ruby the, Tuesdays wanted flair at the bar? Yes. Dude, that's, that's like, okay, so let, let's clear this up. For anybody who's listening and doesn't know what flair is, explain to us. I mean, if you've seen Cocktail, then you probably understand what that means. Yeah. But, but Mike, give us the breakdown on how Ruby Tuesday taught you flair at the bar. I want to hear this. This is epic. I honestly don't even remember how they taught us. I I, I think they kind of just told us to learn on our own. I don't really remember. Hey, but basically, basically, what I mean, if you don't know what flair is, you're essentially flipping bottles. I mean, you're you're juggling these bottles around, doing tricks, bouncing it off your elbow, you know, whatever these weird things with glass liquor bottles. Yeah, expensive glass liquor bottles. And, and let me tell you something. I don't think, on a personal level, and from a restaurant consultant level, I don't think bar flare and salad bar necessarily go hand in hand. <laughs> you've, you've got, you know... <laughs> Fred and Elma over there. Yeah. You know, hey, these boys are throwing that alcohol up at the bar. Somebody's going to get hurt. Oh, just eat your salad, Thelma. Let's go. Right. They're they're looking at the fake kale display. <laughs> that's that's holding the the bucket of, you know, grape tomatoes next to their ranch dressing while I'm over here flipping around a bottle of well tequila. I don't know. It's, it what didn't was, make okay. sense. What what was your best trick? Uh, <laughs> I could flip a bottle from one hand and have it land on my other hand. Okay. And then quickly move my hand around and grab it while it was facing down to pour the drink. Oh, you so are I, Tom Cruise. You are. I, would, I could leave it flat on my hand, quickly like flip it around, catch it while I've got the glass in the other hand, and I'm pouring it like that. Okay, real real talk. How many did you break? 
I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> but the, so this is this is where it gets really funny. And okay, it gets funnier. Okay, come oh, yeah. on. So I'm like I'm probably I'm 18 or 19 at this point. Like, wait, you were 18 or 19 as a bartender? I don't think Correct. that's legal. It was. It is in Michigan. You have to be 18. Okay, Michigan. All right, whatever. Yeah. Breaking the law. Okay. Yeah. So the funny thing about this was, is we had a manager who would freak out anytime something would break. I mean, like legitimately freak out at a level that is just unacceptable in my opinion. And I had bar regulars who did not like this particular manager. So they would tip me more to purposely break things just to see her lose her mind. No, they did it. They did. That's awesome. So (laughs) I would, I I may or may not have broken um, some glassware on purpose when that manager was working just to, it it wasn't even necessarily about the tips. It was just the entertainment fact. Oh yeah. Well, at some point you've got to be just like, this is my, this is my tribe and (laughs) we're going to do this together. I look at that now. I look at that now and I'm like, man, if my bartenders ever did that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You think back and you're like, man, if I was, if I was dealing with those guys right now, like I, they'd be out, gone. And there also is a little bit of that. If somebody breaks something, I also don't freak out. You know what I mean? True. Yes. The you have to understand that at some level. Right. Yeah. Broken <laughs> dishes. Whenever you but, hear it, and you're just like, oh, all right, moving on. And there's, I mean, there is a level of if it happens too much with the same person. Of course, that's one thing. But that's I mean, when you fire them, Mike. That's what we talked about already. Right, or you teach them that that coffee mug actually cost me six dollars. Yes, that's a Tesla coffee mug, by the way. Are you a Tesla owner? No, I'm not, but I want to be. Hey. <laughs> I'm a, I'm hey, a owner, Elon Musk. I'm an owner of a Tesla mug and hat. Yes. So, so Elon Musk, if you're listening to this, because I know you're a big listener of the Do Things podcast, if you're listening, true. Mike Thorpe will tweet. All about your Tesla because I know you could use more exposure. So get Mike Thorpe a Tesla. <laughs> it's true. And here's a fun fact. Um, I actually, Elon Musk actually quoted one of my tweets once. No, he didn't. He did. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you shortly. Uh, it, yes. It was um, right after the Model 3 was announced. And there was an article that I read about something about the trunk. The trunk not being big enough or not having you know, enough space to fit a bike in or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. Trunk, I hope your trunk's big enough. Cause I'm going to stick my bike in it. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it wasn't even my article. Like I just read the article and I tweeted it and I wrote something like interesting dot, dot, dot. And then he wrote me back and like quoted it. And like, we we're planning on changing this and the, and it was just like, I remember looking at my phone no being way. Like, what just happened. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was nuts. That's so nuts. That's, that's one of my absolute favorite tweets from Elon Musk. Yeah, that, that is, I've never. So if you're, if you are listening, any... Elon, cause I know that you do, um, again, it, my name's Mike, uh, Thorpe, uh, <laughs> and, and Mr. Remember, Thorpe, remember Mr. that, Thorpe. remember that tweet that you quoted about the <laughs> opening to the model three trunk. Um, yeah, I would like a Tesla. Yeah, that would be great if he I'm could not, just. I'm not picky. Whatever. Like no. whatever. No, I mean it whatever. Any, I'm fine with that. Any model, it's okay. Gotta yeah, start exactly. somewhere, Elon. I'm not picky, <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do want one. I, I'm. I'm. I'm in love with those cars. 
They're crazy, man. Okay, so speaking of uh, famous tweets, so your Gary V tweet. Let's talk about the medium thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I mean we're already like we're way into this podcast, bro. I love it. This, this is gonna be good. It's, anybody who gets this far is super hardcore, <laughs> so they get nuggets. I love um, it. Uh, so you basically got Twitter famous in a in a sense for yeah. ignoring. <laughs> Gary stuff like you yeah. you're, you publicly said I'm going to ignore this guy and then he goes hey this guy's ignoring me that's awesome and yep. like that was a firestorm right correct absolutely so what's what's funny to me is um, I kind of got I mean it was within a week or two maybe of my business starting and I was kind of like, man, I've got all these Gary notifications turned on. I'm like, Gary, 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 yeah. instead of being like, Mike, 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 Mike. Right. Like, I need to focus a little bit on what I'm doing. And I had I had the idea because, you know, after because I'd, I'd been listening to his stuff for at this point, probably four or five months. Um, and at a certain point, it all was kind of the same. Right. It was just repeating. Same. And, yeah, yeah. and, and um, you know, the underlying tone was like, you know, do things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gary stole and, my line. I know Gary. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him about that. <laughs> yeah. Just, just hit him up real quick. Yeah. But, um, well, what, so I just kind of like, I need to shut this thing off. And it was funny because I kind of teased the, um, yeah, leading up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm releasing this article, my first medium post, I'm releasing it. And like, I teased the headline of it and I teased it to him before. And, and I, like he had liked it before. So I'm like, well, you know, now I'm accountable. You know, I got to release this on this day. Cause he's no going it. back now. And the, and the funny thing about it was because I had all of my notifications turned off, I didn't even know that he had tweeted it out. <laughs> oh, so how did you find out who, who told so, you? Uh, Jeremy Clay, who I still talk to on Twitter, he okay. he tagged me and he's like, "Hey, I know that guy," and he tagged me in it. So then I look at it and I had gone, I think I went live on Instagram after I posted it to be like, "Hey guys, like I just posted my first medium piece. Link is in the bio." Da 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 da. Like yeah, yeah. excited about it. And I turn to my phone and it's like just Twitter notifications. And I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy." That's funny. <laughs> so so yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And you know, right around that same time is when. Ashley Cachadorian had her uh, parody video um, yeah. tweeted out by Gary very much in the same way, didn't tag her, so on and so forth. And it was just kind of this thing of like, this happened with me, that happened with her. Um, and, you know, it kind of went, went from there. And then that's so how. So was that, was that the birth of Twitter fam? Her, her video definitely was because I, I remember when it, because I still, this was beforehand, so I still had the notifications on. And I went and like I saw the video before before I even finished watching it. I went back because I noticed he didn't tag her. I'm like, I need to find this person and I need to tweet them ah. immediately. So I was the first person to tag her on the tweet, and I said something like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I I hope that Ashley is is sleeping and wakes up to her phone being blown up, right? Yeah, and she was California and whatever." So that was sort of the origination of it. And then I think both of us, uh, you know, we both kind of have this dedication to answering everybody. So mm -hmm. on the, on the medium tweet, like I went back and was commenting and, and, you know, following people and engaging and that sort of, and Ashley does the exact same thing, probably oh, yeah. even, even better than I do. It, um, 
And, you know, from there, that just kind of built her and I's relationship and everyone that we kind of met kind of, you know, she already had some people over here. I already had some people over here. It just kind of blended into this thing. And, um, she, I think that at, in one video she called, she said the words Twitter fam. And yeah. then I, I did the hashtag, which, you know, if you really look at it, it doesn't make sense because Twitter doesn't have any vowels, but fam does like, I don't know, but it works. I think it makes perfect sense because yeah. it works. It works great. When I put it in that square, it was awesome. <laughs> that was really nice by the way. So that was sort of the origin story, but funny, funny thing too, about that is, um, I actually got called for the ask Gary V show. Um, yeah, I heard about that. Right. That same, that same Cy week. Walken, right? So yeah. Cy Wakeman. Yeah. That same week. So Monday, the, the medium piece goes out and then I think it was a Wednesday. Um, yeah. you know, I was sitting, I was sitting at home. I was still building the website for, for my company. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting here plugging away and like, I get the alert that Gary V is going live and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I've never like, I've one, I'm new to Facebook. It was never my thing. I've never watched him live on on facebook so like i've watched the ask gary v show a hundred times so i just put it on like put the headphones on and then size all about leadership Mm -hmm. i was like whoa wait a minute like this is this is kind of my jam like i'm kind of into this yeah and then you know five ten minutes in i was like okay let me grab my phone so i start like i start just you know putting questions in and you know how sometimes you just have that feeling like yeah my my question yes. is good. Like, yes, is is kind of the same thing with the medium article. Like, this is going to get Gary's attention. I know that it is just because, you know, one, he's he appreciates people listening to him, but then two, like, it's got that catchy title of like why I'm turning off Gary V. Right. You know what I mean? So I knew that that would get his attention. I kind of knew like these questions in in Cy Wakeman wasn't somebody who was like Tim Ferriss. You know what I mean? So right, didn't have thousands and thousands and thousands of live viewers so it's just kind of like i think my chances are pretty good yeah so then when my phone rang i was like yeah <laughs> yeah i knew this yeah, was coming i knew it <laughs> so so that was kind of a cool thing but even even cooler than that was i mean i've i've built a relationship with Sai now like yeah we, we talked really like i mean it, you know and after after the show like i went on her instagram i followed her like you know, Twitter, everything. And like, I, I DM'd her like, Hey, that was really cool. Like I was, I was the person that called in and asked about this and this and this. And I mean, I, I talked to her probably, I mean, I would say regularly. That's crazy. So that that's, cool? I think that's awesome. And that's a testament to, I think what, where somebody would drop the ball on that is like, Oh my gosh, I talked, forget the fact that it's crazy that you even got to the point where you're getting on the ask Gary V show just after the tweet, like that whole thing, forget that part of it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You happen to get on the get ask Gary V show. And then where most people stop is like, Oh my gosh, I talked to Cy Wakeman and Gary V. That was crazy. But then go and you hit her on the DM, you follow and you, you, you get into the scenario. Like, look, I really want to say that was great. And I want to make sure that you, you recognize that. Oh yeah, and not not to get anything back from it. No, 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 nope. This is literally. I really appreciate that. I appreciate what you stand for. I appreciate what you've done, and I'm I'm sure I'm assuming the way that you put it was, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, I would love to. I really appreciate your feedback like that. Oh, oh yeah, and that's just where I felt because I've I've done that recently with a few, um, a few of these celebrity world in. Uh, 
the survivor space. I don't know if you watch survivor or not. Um, but like those, it's, it was just a simple, like connecting to those people and literally telling them after yes. there was a little bit of interaction and then just building it as opposed to saying, Oh my gosh, I had a little interaction. And that is huge for people that are wanting to say, I really want to make a true relationship. Cause if you do, yes. then you go the extra mile, right? You make that extra, extra step and, and it works. It really does. Well, here's, but here's the difference. I think that, you know, I think you and I share the same perspective though. So Gary tweeted out my medium piece, right? Well, people will be like, Oh my gosh, I'm put on now. Like I, I, you know, I've made it. Da, da, da. No, like, mm-hmm. and, and, and what, you know, what can Gary really do for me? Like Gary's yeah, like nothing. Like I have no expectation. Like I don't expect if Gary likes one of my tweets, like I'm not going to lose my mind over it because at the end of the day, like it really means nothing. Yeah. Well, and if it's, if that's it. Yes. Yes. And your host, like that's, right. that's the thing I think about, like specifically with, I'm, I'm a huge survivor fan. So I yep. watch the show a lot. And all the people that come on any of those reality TV shows, you have a moment of time where you have a ton of attention and mm-hmm. you'll probably never have that much attention again. Right. And so many of the people that get on that show or in those kind of worlds or like if you're on Gordon Ramsay and you're, you're any of these shows where it's yep. you have attention for a moment in time, you have an opportunity to grab that and harness it or it will just die. Or you just milk it for everything that you can. And when you, you harness it, like, like, well, but I think that I think there's a, there's a fine line between harnessing it or just being like holding on to that, like 15 minutes of fame instead of growing from it. I think that that's, that's sort of what you're saying. Like you can grow, you can grow from it and and create other connections from that. Or you can just be like, yeah, I was on hell's kitchen. Like, right. Exactly. As opposed to 12 years ago. As opposed to as opposed to taking that, making relationships, and then moving forward with what you're actually doing. Exactly. From that, I mean, you have an opportunity, and if and so many of these people that you see that get there, whether it's YouTube stardom or Twitter or reality television, like there's so many opportunities that they can take advantage of. Right. But they're one either they're not equipped, and they don't have the ability, and they just got on because they're a crazy person, Mm -hmm. which happens. Oh yeah. Or it's a good show, good TV. It's Hey, it's good TV, man. That's entertaining. <laughs> um, or they've never even thought about the future. Where yeah. it's like, what can I actually do with this? What is right. this scenario? What is this setting me up for that I don't even realize yet? I need True. to be ready and think about that. And what's interesting to me is teaching people how to take this Gary V and Twitter fam model and go go do this in your field. Go do this yes. in whatever it is that's important to you. Like leave Gary V alone. Mm-hmm. And if there's some, if there's something that is in your field that's more relevant for you, go do that. Go interact with that person. Go respond to their tweet. Go turn on their notifications yes. and then see who, but see who else is commenting underneath it. Yes. And interact and grow with those people. There's, I, now I have three people in the restaurant industry and I don't want to put them out there because I don't want to, if, if my episodes through and I don't have a chance to do episodes with them, I don't want to shed any bad light on them, but they are like three legit people in the restaurant industry that have told me that they want to be on the podcast because of, I mean, legitimately like two of them, one of them, I mean, I've probably been tweeting and engaging with this person since 2010. Oh, wow. And here we are 
2017 of like now we're in the dm and email bro it's 2018 oh yeah you're right good grief come on mikey um, but uh well all, all the commitments happen all the commitments happen in 2017 in yeah i'm with you i'm with you and, and then another one was probably three or four years ago where i just started being like just honestly not even going directly to them but just like promoing their stuff and being like yes. hey like this this book or this netflix special or you know this person's restaurant is something special in this community whatever it is and but like you said not even going in for the ask and not even no. you know trying to be like hey i need this from you and then eventually it's like hey also hey by the way i have a podcast <laughs> right no, absolutely and, and that's and that's one of those things that it if it happens organically it usually the interaction's even going to be better because if somebody feels like they're being put on because it's like, okay, well, you contacted me to get a hold. Like, you exactly. want something from me. Right. As opposed to it feeling legitimate, which it is, for at least for me, and it yep. sounds like for you. Yep. Like, the people that I've connected with that I'm going to be doing things with, because I want to help them out. Like, I'm yep. not I, – I see their situation, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I want to help you. I Literally, right. legitimately, I'm not – asking for anything i'm not yeah. doing this out of selfishness other than my selfish desire is to help people right um but there's I, I i'm getting the feeling that there's fewer of us that think that way um well because we thought because everyone wants it to be instant yeah short term you, know I mean? you want to you want to have this this short-term accomplishment to feel like i'm moving in the right direction instead of building a relationship with somebody over eight you know, seven, almost eight years. Right. Um, right. You know, whatever that time frame is to not know what you're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, episodes where I've talked about um, just taking a meeting. You have no idea if you have an opportunity to make a connection yes. and meet somebody, just take the meeting. And then you don't know two or three years down the road, it could be like, this person's perfect for that. Or they think, Hey, Mike was perfect for that. Todd was perfect for that. Let me get a hold of them. Yep. You know what I mean? It may, it may not, Ha going into something with no expectation is terrifying, but it's also that you are going into it genuinely and you're going mm -hmm. into it. I want to help you or whatever happens, happens. And that's, yep. that's scary to do and it's hard to do. But I think that that creates a lasting impression as opposed to going in for the ask as quickly as possible. And then people will be like, well, this is done. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it taints it. it. It gives it, a, it gives it a sour feel from the beginning. Right. Yep. I can't so, I, I can't walk into a restaurant and be like, hey guys, Mike here, restaurant consultant, give me money. Like <laughs> I'll fix all your problems. Like yeah. no 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 no. <laughs> well, and that's even from a just from a perspective of putting yourself in the customer's shoes. Like in that scenario specifically, yep. you if you're the if you're the restaurant owner, you don't want some person walking in and being all high and mighty like, I am going to fix you. That is the yep. wrong attitude. 100%. You need to come in one humble we talked about it a bunch of times but you need to come yep. in with a humble attitude and say look i want to help you right where are you struggling oh here's my experience and right let's see if it works here's here's another thing here's what i do i try and do as much research about a place before i contact them as possible mm -hmm. um so i know what their social media looks like i know if i can help you with your social media i know what their online reviews are i've i've looked at their online reviews to a point where 
if, if there's a pattern, I recognize that pattern and I already have a game plan just from the outside. So mm-hmm. these people understand I've already invested time into this. I've already invested, you know, some effort into saying, Hey, I've already looked at your business. So this is what I see. You know, where, where can I help you? And let me give you an hour of my time for free where we can talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and showing them that I've already done some work ahead of time. Yep. I've, I've invested in this for nothing. Yeah. That means a lot because everybody off the street is going to walk in and they're going to say, I can, I go with, you know, the, the theory of anybody can start a business just by saying I started a business or anybody can say I can help you just by saying I can help you. But what have they actually done to either prepare for that or actually taking steps towards being what they say they are? Um, which all comes back to actions and intention and, you know, you can, you can have the best idea in the world, but if, if you don't take action with it, it's like, why you didn't do anything, nothing. You did nothing. You need to do things, do things. See that it all comes full circle, brother. It really does (laughs) completely. And you know who, because we haven't talked about, you know, who does things and it's amazing things. Uh, my boy, Justin Timberlake, like, dude, (sighs) I, I love him. I really do. And and the funny thing about that is, is I like I didn't I was never a boy band fan. When I was when I was watching TRL, it was always because I wanted to see where Corn and Limbiscuit came in. Yes. And I always I, you know, my, me and my best friend Troy back in those days, we'd always call each other if, you know, Corn and Limbiscuit beat whoever the boy band was. Hey, yeah. So, the longest time, I honestly I didn't know which boy band Justin Timberlake was in. Like I just, I didn't. It's either Backstreet in Sync or what? Ninety-eight degrees, 90 right? Degrees. There was ninety-eight degrees was my favorite. I'll admit that. Uh, was... They're my, they're my favorite. <laughs> Why were they band. your favorite? Because I think that they were, they were the, the, they were not in Sync or Backstreet Boys. I think that's why. I always they were looked, the other guys. I'm, I'm an underdog guy. Like I love underdog stories. That's 100, 100%. So I think 98 Degrees might have been the underdog. 98 <laughs> Degrees, I think by far was the underdog, but I think they had some good hits. Like they had, I think my wife, we've been together for 20 years now, um, nice. but she had the 98 Degrees CD. I remember, oh, yeah. I can picture it in my mind. It's like, yeah. I think, green and <laughs> orange flames. And when the yeah. 98 Degrees pulled in the corner, like, <laughs> yeah, man. man this so, got, this okay. got real. But yeah, back to Justin. Back to JT. So you, no, let's let's back up even further. You just talked about Limp Biscuit and Corn. Like, <laughs> I, what year? Are, what? How old are you? I'm 33. Oh wow. Okay, I'm 37. I'm old. Um, but that like, do you do you ever go? To, were you into music other than listening to it? Did you play music? Did you go to shows a lot? Did you do that? Uh, I played guitar. Okay. Did you play in bands? I taught I taught myself how to play guitar. Um, I was in a band called Ellipsis. <laughs> In high school, a what ellipsis? You ellipsis? know, like, like three dots, like an ellipsis. Yes, <laughs> that was our that was the band. Um, yeah, I mean, it was the, the band was probably something closer to Incubus style. Bro, I was in a band called Sanctum, and we were Incubus style. Well, I think, well, I think we need to start a band. We do need to start. I I feel it like that. It <laughs> needs to happen. And uh, I, one of my favorite shows I went to was Corn, literally Corn and yeah. uh, Metallica Summer Sanitarium tour. Like it was a big show at the LA Coliseum. Yeah. And it was when Corn got on stage and they played Freak on a Leash first thing, 
and I'm I I actually was running security, so I didn't have to pay for it, which is awesome when you're nice. an 18 year old kid, right? That's so huge. I'm up at the top of the Coliseum, and I'm I'm overseeing the crowd, and I can see everything, and they start saying that. And the crowd's just going, it was the coolest. Like, I still get chills thinking about that. That whole, they, that crap, it was nuts. That's awesome. And I loved it. Yeah. And Corn killed it. Yeah, big fan. So good. Anyways, yeah, but they were, they are not Justin Timberlake. Not even close. No, not at all. (laughs) But see, I mean, I love all genres of music. I do. Yeah. I, I love it all. I, I mean, I love yeah, some country, but it's probably well, my least favorite. There's certain artists, right? Like Correct. It's, yes. There's some artists in country that, like, I like Blake Shelton as a person, yep. but his music kind of puts me to sleep. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of hip hop. I love, I love, like, you know, obviously, you know, Corn and, and Limp Bizkit were, were my jam back in the day, but I mean, mm-hmm. Tool Tool's a great band. But I, oh, yeah. the funny thing about it is my my favorite band is uh, is this obscure Icelandic band called Sigaros. No way. Yeah, you know them? As soon as I know Sigaros. Yeah, perfect. Like, Some I mean, a, a lot of people don't. They're super like odd, and I think there's a there's a very small market in America, anyways, that mm-hmm. likes them. But yeah, yeah they're crazy. Hand, like, hands down, hands down, my favorite. I mean, it's like yeah. them, and then the field is way behind them. Uh, okay, the field. So, it just every no, I mean everybody, like all oh, of yeah. their music. I was like, I've never heard yeah. of the field. I need to listen to them. <laughs> I didn't. I'm I didn't on Spotify. I didn't just put you onto a new band called the Field, but maybe that could be our band's name. That's our. We're the Field, bro. Yes. <laughs> You heard it here first on the Do Things podcast. The Thorpe Think- Frazier World Domination Band is the field. Yeah, and we're going to uh, basically be Incubus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our fi- our first album is called uh, Running Behind. I like That's good. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. I think we, we're gonna do if we keep going, if we keep going, this is going to, it's already getting outlandish. <laughs> we're, we're, I, I, we just need to do this again, I think. I agree. Because uh, I think this is cool. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Oh, I'm um, happy to. And Thanks I for having me. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. I think you're you're an amazing human, for real. Like not Thank even you. not even making that up. And I think that your perspective on life and people and relationships and connecting is uh second to none, man. Like you no, I, you really got it going on, and I think you're you're doing great things and i think the restaurants that you're involved with man are they're gonna they're gonna feel it thank you so that, that, uh, means, that what, means a lot coming from you for sure oh it's my pleasure man so where where do people where should people hit you up like what's the what's the mike thorpe i mean obviously everybody probably knows your mike actually i got a question yeah m thorpe xxi 21 yep what's that 20 21 is my number i mean it's just it's ah. it, it's my, my lucky number um switched switched over to that number when i was a freshman in high school i played hockey um yes you did so eh? that's just sort of sort of my yeah that's sort of my just my number that's it so Got that's it. where the, the roman numerals come from and i think it just i mean it just looked different than putting a number afterwards so i like it at first i thought it was triple x though and i was like yeah. uh, who is this guy and why is he commenting on my stuff <laughs> <laughs> I think about that sometimes. I definitely have <laughs> thought about that. Like this looks almost weird, but not yeah. quite. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it's almost there. It's just like a little bit like, wait a minute, I, what, who, what did that thing, that person? I, nope. I don't want to comment back. I don't know what they're going to send me in my DMs. I don't know what's going to be yeah, exactly. You don't know what's going to pop up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally understand that. That's too funny. So M Thorpe XXI yeah, twenty one. Yep. And uh, where's all the? So you've got the one in four hundred trillion podcast. You've yep. got a restaurant podcast as well. I do. I have a I have a restaurant podcast um, that is s- sort of just kind of taken off like wildfire, and I have n- didn't even intend it to yet. <laughs> I haven't had a single I haven't had a single guest on there to interview yet. Really? But, but yes. I mean, I'm I'm getting. I mean thousands of downloads a day on on episodes it's just insane um a thousands a day thousands epic it is it's 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 wild so it's sort of been just in the last three weeks when i realized i mean i never looked at how many downloads i was getting and finally when i went back and looked i was like wait a minute (laughs) okay now i'm now i'm accountable to all these people (laughs) how many episodes you know i haven't i haven't even checked this one out i'm only on the one in 400 trillion so i need to get that one I probably have. Uh, it's called the Restaurant Report. Just the Restaurant yeah. Report podcast. That's it. Hitting, and hitting it now. I've probably. I think I've maybe have twenty something episodes. Nothing. Nothing crazy. But how long have you been doing that one? Mm, November maybe. November. Wow, that's that's pretty good. You've been hitting that pretty hard then. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, I mean, on, like I record all everything off Anchor when when I'm doing doing those so i like i told you i have an hour-long commute so yeah i record them on my commute it's so simple like i don't have to i just drive and i record it and i just talk about a topic that's uh, and the the anchor app is pretty amazing i i I, it's great i'm a little bit of a i'm i'm hesitant to do most of my stuff on there because i'm already in using libsyn and oh yeah i set up here doing all the interview stuff so to switch over because yep. I tried a couple of episodes and I was like, this is cool. I was just walking and I recorded my episode. Um, but it's a crazy platform it's, and I imagine that's going to get nuts. It's, it's cool for people when they started out, um, when they're starting. I mean, when they don't have something and they don't have to switch it over, they already haven't, you know, they haven't established a uh, routine or whatever, you know, however they do it. But it's really cool to start from scratch with it. Yeah, and it's simple. It's so simple. And it, 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 <laughs> it's neat how it automatically connects into iTunes and Google Play, which I think is kind of a game changer. You don't have to yes. upload it to either of those, and they just go straight there. But what's really cool, and this is this is something else I just did. I created an Alexa skill using it. So I have I have an Alexa briefing. I actually have three technically, um, one for each podcast, and then a daily briefing, which is just a short clip of something. Um, through and I did it all through Anchor, and then it made it really easy to tie it into into the uh, Amazon Alexa uh, platform. Uh, we're gonna have to have an entire podcast just about that because I've been thinking about what kind of Alexa skill can I do? What's the thing that I want to have? It's like it's motivational quote of the day. Like what what kind of deal could I have on there? Because I want to yeah. be on that. Yeah. So we're gonna have to biz dev that out so I can know exactly what in the world you're doing there because. Do you do all your own edits and everything? Do you, do you? Yep. Everything. Yeah. See me too, man. And I, I think I, people talk about getting editors and stuff like that. And I'm like, how do you like, especially with something like this, where we've been going for over an hour 30. Yeah. Um, like, and you're going to send that to your editor. No, you're not. (laughs) 
just throw right. it in audition or premiere or whatever and then yeah. export and be done because you were there you know it's good you, you know on. it right. yeah exactly yeah so but that we also that. yeah we got to talk about that because i'm interested in having an alexa skill as well um because voice is the new frontier right completely agreed totally agree awesome dude well hey everybody go do you have a website um my business website's uh capstonehospitality.net capstonehospitality.net is that the can they get to everything from there or should they just go to your twitter yeah and twitter instagram mthorpe xxi gotcha go to social first people all of them work yep all of them work and all of mike works He's all over. <laughs> you're, you can always Thanks. turn on his notifications because he has epic stuff to say all the time, and he's usually sharing some cool people. So that is very true. Check him out. All right, brother. I'm gonna take off. You go take off. It's super late there. Like I can't yeah. believe you didn't fall asleep. <laughs> no way. Not there. Nitro in it. That's right. It it does. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Hey, we're gonna do way more things together. We might even have to start a podcast of our own where we just all the time talk i love and it that that would be fun i agree okay all right we're gonna talk about that anyways but in the meantime everybody be good and we'll see you later thanks, thanks a lot, Todd. take care thanks for checking out the do things podcast we're so glad that you're part of this community if you wouldn't mind we would love to get your take on this podcast and what you think of it write us a review on itunes or a rating either way your feedback is what is going to make this show better and is going to make us a better community. We will see you next time. Get out there and do things.